Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the podcast. I am glad you're with us. I'm your host, Stephen Dew, and let's just jump right into it, shall we? Let me ask you a question. Have you ever had anybody say to you, you go to that church? Or if you're thinking about visiting a church, they say, oh, I wouldn't go to that church. That's not the best church to go to. You might want to go somewhere else because let me just tell you, about this church. Now, many of us have probably heard that from from someone. Maybe if you're a pastor or an elder, you've heard people say, well, I was talking to so-and-so, and they told me this about the church, and I'm just coming to ask you, is it true? And you may hear people tell you that they heard from somebody that heard from somebody that people have been told not to come to this church for one reason or another. And listen, a lot of times when this happens, this is because someone has, number one, been hurt at the particular church. And because they've been hurt at this particular church, they're going to go out and tell everybody 1,200 reasons why they should not be a part of that church. Maybe even trying to get certain members to leave. Maybe trying to get um, people that want to visit not to go because they were hurt. And they don't want anybody else to go through that, and they don't want that church to really survive and and thrive after they've been hurt. And we are fallen people. We are humans. We have feelings, emotions, and in the flesh, we can do crazy things and and hurtful things and, and not realize it, which could hurt people. And then those fallen people turn around and do other hurtful things to the church by way of gossip or slander or something like that. But I found... That in our case, in our our church, in our current context, and some of the back things that have happened over the past few years in our church, there is a lot of people in our community that know who our church is. They know what we believe. They know. Uh, they think they know why we believe it, but it's clear by some of the things that we've heard that. A lot of people don't know what we actually believe. So as a result of the theology that we hold to, people have left our church, people have heard about our church, and people are talking about our church. Now, I'll tell you this, that at our church, if you've listened to this podcast, then you would probably think, uh, or probably not think, I should say, that I'm going to stand up in the pulpit every Sunday morning and, and manipulate people into giving me a bunch of money and and using the term or the phrase sow your seed uh, to try to manipulate people to give, 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 give. You're listening to this podcast. If this is your first time, thank you and welcome. But if you've listened to at least one episode of this, you probably know that I'm not into the prosperity gospel. You probably know that I'm not into any other gospel. Why? Because Paul in Galatians chapter 1 says, if there is anyone teaching another gospel, let him be accursed. Let him be accursed, those that teach another gospel. So how do we get people in our communities saying hurtful things about the church when you stand up and you preach the Bible? 
So that's what we have to do. We, we preach the whole counsel of God. And when you preach the whole counsel of God, you come across things in the word. You come across doctrines that are very difficult to wrap our minds around. One of the greatest debated hot topic doctrines in scripture is the doctrine of election. Now, there have been many battles, many fights, many wars, many debates over the doctrine of election. Soteriology, how is someone saved? It, does God choose them before the foundations of the world to be saved? Or does this person in the, a particular time in their life choose Jesus or choose to be saved themselves? That is a debate that has gone on and on and on for years, and I don't see it ending anytime soon. I believe it will keep going on until Jesus comes back. But here's the deal. When you are teaching the whole counsel of God, you come across these hard doctrines. You come across these hard scriptures where we see these things happen right in front of us on the pages of the Bible. And listen, it is okay to believe in the sovereignty of God and the doctrine of election. And it's also okay to not believe in the doctrine of election. But I do believe that we must agree on primary doctrines. That, And the, the first one, if we're talking about salvation, is salvation is by grace through faith. It is nothing of yourself, not of your own doing. It is not of an act of works not so you can boast. That comes right out of Ephesians chapter 2. So you cannot earn your way into heaven. You cannot earn salvation. But we have to agree that salvation is by grace through faith, faith, and that comes by repenting and believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, as the Bible teaches us. And then there's other primary doctrines like the virgin birth and things like that, the hypostatic union. And, and, and you may not know what that is, but that's not what I'm talking about today. But we have to agree on some primary doctrines. But anything that is kind of secondary and tertiary, it is okay to disagree that we're not out of fellowship with one another. We, we get out of fellowship with one another when we disagree with those primary doctrines. So let me just be clear on that. If you're listening to this show and you're like, well, I'm not a Calvinist, I'm an Arminian, I'm clearly, I clearly believe that I can choose to be saved on my own, then welcome. I'm glad you're here. So what happens, though, is when somebody leaves a church that is preaching and teaching these doctrinal things that we find in Scripture, and they're preaching them in a way that someone may disagree with, instead of talking it out, laying the Scriptures open, some people will leave the church and then go about the, their way in the community and they will slander that church. They will say, you're going to what church? You're going over there? Let me warn you about that church. And what I've heard recently is nine times out of 10, it's based on theology. Now, our church in Northeast Arkansas is unapologetically reformed in their theology. I myself, as the preaching pastor, am reformed in my theology. I've not always been reformed in my theology. So it is something that is should not be beat upon people. It should not be forced down their throats. And let me just say this. When I was becoming reformed in my theology, it was not John Calvin that did it. It was not Martin Luther that did it. It was not any other reformer that did it. I was reformed before I really started learning about the Reformation in deep detail. So it is not by way of man that I was reformed. It is by way of God who has allowed me to interpret the scriptures with other scriptures, with other scriptures to come to the theology in which I hold. And when that happens, your teaching has to go deep into the word. And when you start getting deep into the word, 
you start to uncover a lot of things that just sometimes don't make sense. And if you're in the South, you you typically revert back to your raising as a in a Christian home or in church, and the phrase is usually this. Well, that's not how I was always taught it. So you get a lot of that when you start to present the full counsel of God, when you start to just expound on the text, and when you preach expositionally, then you have to come across hard text. You have to come across hard doctrines. So this happens typically in a church. Well, probably not as much as we'd all like to see because I believe it was Charles Spurgeon that said Reformed theology is biblical theology, and and I would, for me, it is biblical. When I say I'm I'm a Reformed Baptist, I believe that I am being biblical. And again, we can talk about our secondary issues, we can talk about our tertiary issues, but if you're not a Reformed Baptist and you just say, well, I'm a Baptist, then if you're saved by grace through faith, then amen. You're not wrong. I may be wrong, but... I would like to say I'm not because of what I see and, and has been revealed to me through Scripture. That's why I say I was not reformed by any man. It was God that led me through this. So also I don't want you to hear me say that because I'm a quote-unquote reformed Baptist and you're not, that I'm somehow better than you because I would never want anyone to think that over theology. If anybody thinks that they're better than somebody because they are reformed in their theology, then they've missed reformed theology at its core. Nobody is better than anyone else strictly by the form of theology that they adhere to. So I would ask in return that if you're not a Reformed Baptist or even a Presbyterian or Reformed at all, you're, you're on the opposite end of these things, then I would say show grace, love, and mercy to the ones that are. I've seen too many debates. I've seen too many fired up people just get after each other, and it's unproductive. It's unhelpful. So let's have conversations in love and grace and, and, and sharpening one another, but that doesn't always happen. So back to getting out in the community. I'm chasing some rabbits here today. I, I, don't try to not to do that, but back to the community. You get the full counsel of God out there. People are not, um, that's not how they were taught growing up. And instead of sitting down with an open Bible, they leave the church without even telling you. Uh, most of the time, we, we've been we've been grateful to have a couple of families leave the church on good terms. And after talking about theology with them and they just couldn't get on board and Man, loving relationships, still love those folks to this day. Doors always open for anybody in our church. But for the most part, people left because they didn't like what was being taught. Now, something you need to know about me, something you need to know about our church, our elders, anytime that we do anything in our church, whether it be preach, teach, sing, uh, we have some sort of tough meeting, we have a easy meeting, a light meeting, we're always going to open the Bible. We're always going to open the Bible when we have issues, when we have problems, when we have good times, when we have things that we're looking to do. We're always going to open the Word of God because that is what we go to. We're not opening Calvin's Institutes. We're not going to see what Luther did or said. We're not going to see what John Knox or Juan Huss or any of those guys or John Wycliffe, what did they do? What did they say? No, we're going to go to the Bible. What does God say in his Word? And how should we respond accordingly? So that's what we do at our church. And as you know, if you study the Bible and you get deep into it, then you are going to find some tough stuff in there. So people leave, they get upset that they're challenged, that their way of thinking, that their way of being taught has been challenged now. And this is big in the South. If you're not in the South, I don't know what it's like in the North, but I don't think it's as bad up there or out West as it is in the South because 
we're in the Bible Belt here. Everybody's a Christian. Everybody's daddy was a deacon, and everybody's daddy, daddy's brother, or somebody else was a, a Baptist pastor, or just the term Baptist thinks people are saved. So it's crazy down here in the Bible Belt. If you have never been here, come down here. I would love to set you guys up. Uh, we would just go out in the community and talk to folks and let you hear what people say, man. It's it's awesome to hear. It's really not awesome. It's really sad, and we try to preach the gospel, and you get the door slammed in your face. So. Anyway, I digress. Reformed theology, don't like what that church is teaching. Stay away from it. Here's another one that we've heard. That church is a cult. Now, I, I, I've, I've seen and, and heard of some cults. I mean, one of the things that I've heard in our community, too, is they're down there drinking that Kool-Aid. You know, th- those are hurtful things when you are a pastor and you're trying to do what's right and, and your elders are trying to do what's right and you're trying to teach the full counsel of God and, and just love people, pastor well, and try to lovingly talk through issues that people may not agree with. But, man, hearing you hearing that people are calling you a cult and they're running people off away from your church and telling them not to visit and they need to get out of there, man, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty tough. And I have to admit, as a pastor, it's really hard. But one of the things that this is, this is gossip that happens. This is slander that happens. Gossip gossip is this. It's just casual or unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, typically involving details that are not confirmed as being true. We are not a cult. We are a Bible-believing, God-honoring, Christ-exalting building up of one another church that loves the word of God. We are not up there teaching our thoughts, emotions, our interpretations of the scripture. We want to to preach the scripture's interpretation of the scripture so we can see what God has truly said in his word. We're not looking to brainwash people. There are people in our church that are reformed in their theology. There are people that are not reformed. There are people that don't even know what the word reform means. They have never heard of John Calvin or Calvinism. All they know is when they come to our church, they're going to hear the word and they're going to get the meat. They're not going to they're going to get the meat. They're going to chew it up and spit out bones. And that's regardless of who is preaching. And that is not a boast in our church. It's not a boast in me. It is a boast in Christ Jesus alone. Because it is only because of Christ that we are here, that we, any of us are saved, any of us are changed. And it's only the word of God. And he says Christ is the, the cornerstone. The word is the foundation. Man, it is not us. We are nothing incredible. We are ordinary men teaching about an awesome, holy, majestic God. And we're simply revealing the word to the saints week in and week out. And it's tough. It's tough to hear that God chose us before the foundations of the world so that we would be predestined in love to be adopted as sons. It's in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 1. Um. God is in the heavens. He does whatever he wants. Psalm 115.3. Some of these things we've never heard. And if you you, know, you get into all these conversations and people, their traditions are challenged. The way they've always been taught has been challenged. And then they want to go run people away from your church. Anyway, I say all that to say this. Listen, uh, some of this is just me getting some stuff off my chest because uh, recently hearing those things, and I wonder if it's happened to any of you guys, if you've been 
uh, really called out for going to the church that you go to? And uh, or, or do people call your church a cult? And are they actively trying to destroy your church? Fun fact is there are many people that have left our church that have been hoping for our destruction. And yet God has brought in people. He's brought in resources. There was a time when our church was about to close its doors that we were fixing to have to hand it back over to the bank. And every meeting we had, we, we've got three more months that we can survive. And that, that would keep being pushed out and pushed out and pushed out and pushed out. Now the Lord is just blessing our church. We have people growing spiritually. We've got families joining our church. We have resources in the bank. And there are those same people that are trying to turn people away from our church. They're mad because we haven't died yet because they think we're a cult. They think we're hellbound. They think that we are some crazy lunatic people that don't know God. But here's why I say this as well. Many of you have heard of Reformed Theology. Many of you may have not. So what I'm going to do on the podcast coming up, I'm going to start each week, I'm going to do a Tuesday-Thursday release of episodes. On Tuesdays, I am going to release episodes on what is Reformed Theology. Now, let me just say this. We're not going to reinvent the wheel here. I'm not going to tell you anything new under the sun. I'm not going to be some incredible Bible teacher to you. But what I do would want to do is I understand that people have this negative thought process when it comes to Reformed theology. They have a negative stance on it. But what I've also understood recently and throughout this journey is many people don't understand exactly what it is. Many people are just saying what they think it is because of what somebody told them. Many people have no clue what it really is, so they have to do th- one of two things, Google searches or trust their friends or, or families, whoever tells them about Reformed theology. And if you do a Google search, you can find quickly somebody arguing against Reformed theology, and then you could quickly hitch your wagon to that horse and go with that. So what we want to do at our church and even here on the on the podcast is we want to talk about what is Reformed theology from the biblical perspective. We don't want a Google translation. We don't want somebody that hates Reformed theology and their translation. We don't want a YouTube translation. And listen, as far as that goes, you don't want my translation. We all want the Word of God and for God to translate it through his word. And I do believe as I have grown in my faith and have come along in Christ that I see the major tenets of Reformed theology in the scriptures. And we can take back scripture to scripture to scripture to scripture from Revelation all the way to Genesis and see these things come to light. So that's what we're going to do here over the next several weeks. We're going to talk about Reformed Theology so and, and what it is. And what I want to do with that is I want to, like I said, I'm not reinventing the wheel, but I want to do it and speak about it in a, such a way that we can all understand it, whether you are a, a, a master, a master's level uh, pastor or a theologian or, or a doctor. 
and you have multiple degrees down to the person that, hey, I, I, I run my own business or I get up and go to work every day. I want to know about it. I love it. Uh, just don't have time to study it. And I'm not that well versed in the scriptures and, and the words that are used sometimes. Uh, like, for instance, soteriology. Many people may not know what soteriology is. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about all these things about Reformed theology in a way that I hope is loving, full of grace, and can help somebody along. And I would love for you to be able to submit your questions you have about Reformed theology. If you have any thoughts, if you have any concerns, if you have any, uh, as Todd Friel says, snarky rebukes, you can send those. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to try to answer questions. I'd love to uh, maybe have you join the podcast one day. And we talk through the issues, but I just want to lay out where I find myself and our church finds ourselves, and just show that this, this, this reformed theology stuff, this Calvinism stuff is really not the devil's doctrine. It's really not uh, part of a cult. It's really the word of God and the way it's interpreted. And we interpret scripture by scripture. So we let it, we let scripture interpret scripture. So you have to do it that way. You can't rely on your own interpretations and all of these things. So we're just going to take a, a look at uh, Reformed Theology, maybe help some folks out. And then I think on the Thursday episodes, we're going to do maybe some cultural type stuff. We're going to see how uh, through our lives we can fit the Bible in, or, or actually we can fit our lives in the Bible, uh, that we don't, we don't bow down to the culture, that we don't uh, surrender to it. But everything we do, we do through a biblical lens and to give God glory. So we'll kind of talk about the things that are going on in our world, which is a lot. So we'll continue to do that. But I wanted to bring back some doctrine stuff and and just kind of lay out where I'm at theologically. And also, again, if you have questions, please send them in. Doctrine Matters Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Stephen Dew. Go ahead and hit that ad friend if you want to. Follow, follow the page, Doctrine Matters Podcast. It's on there. Follow that page on Twitter at Matters Doctrine, and we're even on Instagram, Doctor Matters. So if you want to get questions out there in any way, any any of those ways, feel free to do so. So I think it's important that you're able to back up what you believe, not because somebody told you or you saw it in a movie, but because you have read the scriptures, interpreted the scriptures, and you can back your beliefs up with those scriptures. And that's what I kind of want to do and uh, especially for our context here is with those questions and those concerns going around our community, it's always good to show how and why we believe what we believe. So in closing today, in this episode, I want to give you an example of some things that, or, or something that happened to our church and how it affected somebody's decision whether or not to visit our church. Had a young lady message our Facebook page asking about our church and that they were going to be moving this way and would love to visit our church. Can you tell me a little bit about it? And we were able to do that we, and, and tell a bunch of different things about our church, who we are, and she was excited to come visit our church. She couldn't wait. Matter of fact, she says, and I quote, y'all sound amazing. I'm looking forward to coming to your church. And, you know, we said, we can't wait either. We're, we're excited to meet you and your family. Looking forward to it. And then 
let's see. A um, few days goes by, and all of a sudden we have another message. And the question is one that is always the dun-dun-dun kind of question. I have one more question, LOL. Is your church Calvinist? And the response was simply, what do you mean by Calvinist? And this is where it gets a little frustrating for us pastors, elders. It says this. I had posted on my Facebook page last week to ask anyone that knows, goes there, and several people contacted me saying to not go there because of y'all's beliefs. Two even said they used to go there for many years but had left because y'all believe in Calvinism. I had no idea even what that was. I had to Google it, honestly, and I'm not one to listen to others either, but I was curious, and you said for me to feel free to ask you any questions I may have. I really feel like, I really feel led to your church for some reason, so I got kind of upset that so many people were talking against it. And she saw, she sent me some Google stuff. A major branch of Protestantism that allows the theological tradition, or follows the theological tradition, Reformed theologians affirm the historic Christian belief that Christ is eternally one person with a... Uh, it cuts off, let's see. Mm. Those who follow Calvin's teachings are called Calvinists. I would beg to differ. I follow the teachings of God in his word, not the following of Calvin. But I digress. Calvinists affirm the sovereignty of God. Yes, we do. And believe God predestines individual to salvation. Yes, we do. Because of Scripture. Again, not because of John Calvin. To explain this complex doctrine, theologians use the acronym TULIP to highlight Calvin's main tenets. Calvinism is based on the belief that individuals do not have a choice and who obtain salvation because it's predestined. No one has the ability to change that. Lutheranism is founded on the belief that salvation has nothing to do with predestination, but is acquired instead by faith. So she sent me those things, and did you catch what she said? Many people reached out to me, told me telling me not to go there because of their beliefs. And then she sent me some Google stuff which was inaccurate. So this is what I mean is Google searches, YouTubes, and friends can get you in trouble when it comes to What's actually right? So Reformed theology to me has nothing to do with following the teachings of Calvin or worshiping Calvin or any other reformer. It's all about God's word and what he has said in it and interpreting that through his scripture and coming to the conclusions, not by somebody else, not by Google, not by YouTube, not by Facebook, but by the living and active word of God. So... We are going to take a deep look over the next several weeks of Reformed theology, hopefully in a layman's terms, because listen, I am an unschooled ordinary man myself. You may already know that just by listening to this podcast that I'm just going to tell on myself right here, and y'all are just going to have to take this and listen and, and be okay with it. I don't even have an associate's degree. I don't have a bachelor's degree. I don't have a master's degree. I don't have a doctorate. I have barely got a high school diploma. So there you go, telling on myself here. I'm a unschooled ordinary man. So 
everything I say is going to be in layman's terms. And uh, I hope you you can tune in. I hope you listen. I hope you have questions. And just to kind of, uh, we are going to talk about the tulip that is always brought up. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the authority of Scripture, the sovereignty of God, salvation by grace. Again, the tulip. We're going to talk about evangelism. That's a big one, is that Calvinists don't evangelize. Because if God's already chosen, there's no need to evangelize. Oh, but wait, the Bible says something about that. I believe he says, go into the nations, making disciples, baptizing everyone in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Something like that. The Bible teaches us that Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So if we don't teach the Word of God, people can't hear the Word of God, and according to God, people can't get saved. So we have to do our part. I'm getting ahead of myself. Evangelism is a necessity. Now, you will have people that may be what we consider hyper-Calvinist that don't believe in evangelism, and that is wrong. So don't get it confused. So here we have just some things that we're going to talk about. Those are the tip of the iceberg, and really, uh, everything we're going to be talking about is, is is all the tip of the iceberg. There's so much to Reformed theology than than just uh, a 30-minute podcast episode. So I hope you can tune in on Tuesdays. I'm going to try, to try to get everything out on Tuesday about Reformed theology. So if you know of anybody that would like to listen, and, and again, in layman's terms, so that they can understand, hopefully, a little better, uh, than uh, listening to maybe like R.C. Sproul or or, or or one of the great theologians um, of our day or um, may have passed on already. R.C., missed that guy. Uh, but we're going to just do it in layman's terms. If you're reforming, if it, this is something that is new to you and you're starting to see it, it would be a great time for you to listen and, and, and be able to take notes and even ask questions. Uh, I would love for that. And... That's enough of rambling today. I'm just excited about this, and I'm frustrated a little bit about people and their gossip, and they're trying to keep people from a church, and you know what? It's okay, because I believe in a sovereign God. I believe that it's all part of his will. You know, if this lady was really led to come to our church, she'll show up. She and her family will be there one day, and it won't be because of anybody else but the sovereign God of the Bible, and I believe that. So if you've dealing or have dealt with this or are dealing with the same type thing, it can get frustrating, but I want to encourage you to press on. Keep the main thing the main thing. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Keep preaching the word. Keep singing the word. Keep praying the word. And let God do the rest. Thank you for tuning in, listening to this uh, kind of rambled episode. Uh, but sometimes we just got to be rambling men and women, right? Hope you tune in again soon. Until then, have a great day. God bless.